Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Resilient Leadership Podcast, where everything we talk about is aimed at helping you lead with a greater sense of calm, clarity, and conviction, even in anxious times. And my name is Irvin Nugent, and I am joined as always by my amazing co host, Bridget Tyre. And, Bridget, how are you doing today? I am doing great, Irvin. It's so nice to be with you. So we're recording on a Monday. So yes. we just had a weekend. And, you know, before we hit the record button, we were talking about our respective weekends. And I had such a great family celebration last night for a birthday of one of my daughters. And, you know, it's just always so fulfilling and rejuvenating to to be able to just sit with now that my kids are grown, right? I get mm-hmm. to interact with them as peers. <laughs> and it's just so much fun and I feel really grateful and very blessed. So Well, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I, I had a relaxing weekend myself, a little bit of music on Friday night and a bike ride on Saturday and uh, out in the water, yes, in a little sailing boat. So it couldn't have been more relaxing. So I'm ready and excited. Yay. All right. So what is our topic for today? Yeah, well, talk about excited. I am really excited about this topic because today we're going to explore the intersection of uh, spirituality and leadership and dive a little deeper into finding meaning both at work and in our lives. Now, I came across a survey by the Pew Research Center uh, recently about meaning. And this is something I didn't realize. They've been doing this uh, year after year for many years. And they include data from people from 17 different countries. And what was fascinating about this research was the importance that people gave to finding meaning in their work and their career. In fact, in three countries, it was placed above finding meaning in family with family and friends. So, wow. and that number has been increasing over the years. And I'm wondering as well with, with COVID and the impact of COVID made people question a lot about meaning in their lives and where they find meaning. And mm-hmm. I think this is the first survey that came out since COVID began. And people mentioned, um, you know, different aspects of finding meaning at work, such as the mission of their own profession or working with coworkers and, and what the sense of meaning that gave, or just for personal growth. Yeah. So I'm curious, Bridget, does does that resonate with you? And do you find clients bringing that up in coaching about finding meaning both in their lives and at work? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, to your point about COVID, you know, all the data suggested that people were asking different questions during COVID. And certainly mm-hmm. one of them was about meaning, but you know, it's just, I just had a coaching session with somebody who'd been on vacation, I think for two weeks and really got a chance to disconnect. And I said, so what was the value of that? And one of the things that she shared with me is that she reconnected to her purpose. Like what mm-hmm. gives her meaning yeah. at work? And she said, it's really about my teams. Yeah. I'm passionate about empowering my teams, you know? Yeah. You know, I'm thinking of another client who, for him, he when we first started working together, he told me he had a folder, and in the folder were all the cards he had gotten over his 25-year career from people he had mentored. Wow. And whenever he needed a boost of meaning, he would go through that that file. So I think we, sure, we, we search for it, we crave it. I do think we get disconnected. Yeah. That sense of meaning and purpose. Yeah. And we have to be intentional, I think, yeah. don't you? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. 
You know, you just sprung up just a very recent memory for me. Um, I went to the annual convention of uh, my association, which is the Speakers Association. There I got an award, which is Certified Speaking Professional, which recognizes kind of many Mm. years of speaking. But, you know, one of the memories I had was actually getting a card from my husband, the first Fred, the first day I went on the road to do training in my new business. And that's a card that I keep going back to Mm. because it's so inspirational. And it kind of, you know, he said, you know, you did this because you wanted to change the world and you wanted to bring people comfort. And I just, I go back to it because it brings, you know, in days of doubt, I reconnect with that. And I said, no, this is my mission. This is what it's about. So I love that idea about the cards. Oh, what a sweet memory. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? So I think the question, therefore, is, well, what's all this got to do with spirituality? And you know, I think, first of all, I'd like to be upfront and acknowledge the fact that for, you know, this word spirituality can prompt uh, for people different meanings and different conflicting emotions. For some, they associate it totally with organized religion. And then people think, well, wow, that's just a potential for more conflict. You know, but however, I think today we want to we want to think about spirituality in its broadest dimension, and it can include religion as well, but it is bigger than that. And by spirituality, I think we want to suggest that it's this inner drive to connect with something that's bigger, mm-hmm. bigger than ourselves, and it's this search for for meaning in our lives and all aspect of our lives. And mm-hmm. why is that important for the world of work and leaders? I think it's important. Because when we pay attention to our spiritual lives and and addressing these deep, deep values that we have and the strong sense of purpose, I think it sustains us in adversity. I think it motivates us. It gives us focus. uh, It gives us determination. Ultimately, you know, the title of this podcast is Resilience, and I think it helps us with our resilience. Mm. Indeed. Yeah. I know we both feel very strongly about grounding this in neuroscience, and maybe that's a good place to start and ask. Bridget, any findings that uh, you've come across which intersects uh, spirituality in the brain? Well, you know, the last decade or so, there's actually been quite a bit of research done on this, and it's fascinating. Mm. Looking into, you know, for one thing, is there a part of the brain that is associated with this this? feeling this connection to a purpose bigger than ourselves. And it turns out, lo and behold, that there is. And that is the parietal cortex, Mm. which is located in the crown of the head. Mm. And so this is the part of the brain that lights up when we feel that connection to something beyond ourselves. And then does this notion of spirituality and purpose and connection, like does it get handed down culturally or is it genetic? And researchers have concluded that there is a genetic component. You know, there's a predisposition for Mm. our genes. It's baked into our genes, this Uh, quest for meaning and purpose, which I think is fascinating, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then there's this this researcher, Kenneth Kendler, who's looked into the connection between spirituality and wellness and mental health. And there's a strong connection. I think that makes sense, right? Like if we are connected to a sense of purpose and meaning, it's like a buffer against the headwinds of life, you know, whether that's loss or divorce or illness and just that spiritual practices, you know, Mm -hmm. what he has found is that spiritual practice 
uh, practices make a difference yeah. for us. Yeah. And I want our listeners to hear that not as like some like woo wooey thing where we're, you know, out burning incense per se, but any practice we do yeah. that connects us to and creates for us a sense of meaning. Yeah. And those can make like the biggest difference. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you talk about kind of some of the research in the last 10 years, and, and I know one of the areas that I'm fascinated in and is, is meditation, which again, people think is very woo-woo, but it's not. I mean, meditation basically is taking pause in our lives to an attempt to be fully present to yes. the moment this present moment. That's really all meditation is. Mm -hmm. And there's been a lot of research on does pausing and attempting to be present in the moment impact our brain? And it does. What's interesting is it increases healthy brain functioning in certain areas. And then it also shrinks the part of the brain, which is associated with some undesirable behavior. So what are some of the increased brain functions that are helped? Well, it helps in our cognition. It helps in our memory. It helps us have a more realistic sense of self. Actually, something I do, which train people on is facial expressions. It helps us read people's faces and their facial expressions, mm. increases in our empathy and compassion. Now, the one area of the brain, which we've mentioned before, that actually shrinks is the amygdala. So, you know, that's the part of the brain which activates when we're in fight or flight and produces fear and anxiety. So people mm -hmm. who meditate have a practice of pausing actually are better able to deal with anxiety and fear. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Hitting the pause button, right. Is yeah. in our day. And it doesn't have to be for 20 minutes. It can be for a minute, Yeah, but yeah. hitting that pause button makes a huge difference. Yeah. You know, what you're saying is reminding me of a new practice that I just started. And I got inspired because I've been dipping back into James Clear Atomic Habits, that book, Atomic mm. Habits. Yeah. And yeah. one of the things he says is, use the two-minute rule. If you want to start mm. a new habit, make it so simple it can be done in two minutes. Yeah. So my new habit for starting my day using the two-minute rule is I, I set a timer for one minute. And I close my eyes and I put my feet on the floor and I just, I become present. I breathe. I do a little meditation, nothing, you know, I'm just, I'm just being present for one minute and the timer goes off. And then for the next minute, I ask myself this question, what is my intention for today? Yeah. How do I want to show up in the day? Yeah. And so I did it this morning. And the funny thing is I kept noticing during the one minute pause that my shoulders were up here in the day was still young and my shoulders were already up here. So I kept dropping my shoulders. And then the intention that came to me was be at ease today. Mm, yeah. You know, Love so it. spiritual practices don't have to take a lot of time. They're mm -hmm. about connecting us to a, a life spring within yeah. us that then allows us to lead from a, really different place, right? Yeah. Oh, I love this. And I love the fact that your practice grounds yourself immediately by putting your feet on the ground, because we know that that just connects us with our physicality. You know, when I wake up, my mind is racing and, yeah. and just that, that, that purposeful grounding can really help us move away from kind of the train leaving, you know, and feeling that, that we're on this, this express train that doesn't stop. And just really, I love that intentional beginning to the day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So, you know, it's interesting as well as I think about this, what we've been talking about so far is, is really grounding ourselves in this well of meaning of our needs. And it kind of brings back to mind, you know, um, Abraham Maslow and this hierarchy of needs. And do you see a connection there, Bridget, about once we've satisfied some of those lower needs, this, this is the needs that we all crave for? Oh, yeah. I, you know, I was a psych major, right? So mm. I remember Maslow's hierarchy of needs very, very well. And of course, most of our listeners probably do too, right? Where it's like, you have to take care of your more basic needs first, like safety and food and uh, self-esteem, right? Before you can then move up that hierarchy to the highest level, which he called self-actualization. Yeah. But that's really the quest for fulfilling our potential, right? Yeah. For, yeah. for growing into the person and the human being that we're meant to be. And of course, we can't do that if we don't feel safe or we don't have enough food. But the interesting thing is, is that later in his life, Maslow actually expanded that tip of the triangle there and included transcendence, mm. which is really about going beyond ourselves, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's transcending even our own desire for self-actualization and really becoming other focused Yeah, beyond ourselves, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So this is this is just, you know, feeling for me as we talk about this. It's it's such a powerful reminder. It's very grounding this conversation for mm -hmm. you know for me. So let's think about it behaviorally, right? Yeah. So for our listeners, what I don't know, do you have any thoughts, Irvin, on how we take this notion of creating meaning mm -hmm. and connecting to something beyond ourselves and look at it through a behavioral lens? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think it's an important question because very often spiritual conversations can feel a little ethereal. Mm -hmm. And so there's a book I came across a number of years ago, which I just love. And it's by Cindy Rigglesworth mm -hmm. called Spiritual Intelligence. She's a, a really interesting thinker on spirituality. And, and really she bases some spiritual practice growing out of our emotional intelligence. So she said, you know, people mm -hmm. who tend to have very developed a spirituality tend to be people as well who've first of all worked on their emotional intelligence. Ah. And so I love this as a construct to talk about what does it look like and feel like to be in touch with your spirituality as a leader. And so she describes a number of different quadrants, but I just wanted to pull out one that's or a couple that I think are important. The first is self-awareness, which we've talked about before. You know, it's one of the groundings that we've talked about for resilient leaders. Mm -hmm. But this is just a little bit different. Here we're talking a little bit about do are we aware of our worldview? You know, what our worldview is just basically those two words. It's our view of the world. Yes. And it's like a lens or a filter through which we sometimes are usually not aware, but mm -hmm. it filters out information perhaps that is not relevant or we don't feel as relevant, or it's um, the lens through which we, we, we allow all the awareness we have. So this is, um, how aware are we of that? Hmm. Important question. Do we pause? Because that's such a built-in lens. And that at times without the pause, it's hard to really sit back and say, wow, what kind of information am I filtering? Mm -hmm. And what am I ignoring? And then I think the second is how aware are we of our lives purpose? We've talked a little bit about this, you know, about our mission. It's this age old question, you know, the answer to why am I here? Mm 
<laughs> yeah. And uh, we just talked about Maslow, you know, and it's, it's kind of the self-actualization. So I think that's important. And then a, a third area is we all are really based on our values, whether we know them or not, but how aware am I of the values that drive my life? And is there a hierarchy there? Is there a priority? And so I think there's a, ba- there's a kind of a really interesting question there is, you know, how do I choose my priorities? How do they inform my life? Mm-hmm. Where there's a lot in there, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. How does that resonate with you, Bridget? I mean, can you think as well of kind of a leader maybe you've worked with that mm-hmm. that was kind of going through that tussle of, of self-awareness and spiritual self-awareness? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, when you talk about the worldview and the lens, I think that really what that jogged loose for me is uh, one, how critical in this day and age it is to even be aware that we each have our own worldview. And it isn't the view. There are other worldviews, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I'm thinking of a client who, in the wake of the murder of George Floyd, was profoundly affected by that and shifted their worldview because w- what I recall him doing early on, because at first I don't think, you know, how could he, just like the rest of us, how could he really understand fully what that what that really meant for him, for the world, for his company. But he reached out to some of his black employees and he listened and he really asked them, what, what does this mean to you? You know? And he started reading and he read like five or six books and I could hear his worldview shifting. Mm. And he made this, you know, you talk about values. He made this a fourth or fifth value in his company, this notion of diversity and inclusion in a different way. And he really tried to embrace it. And I think that created a lot of meaning for him and for, for the organization, you know, and that's, you have to be willing to be humble Mm. to do this work, Mm -hmm. right? That to recognize that sometimes you aren't seeing Mm. uh, the whole picture and that your worldview can be augmented or enhanced. Yep. You know, and and then you're able to connect with people in a much deeper and more profound way. Yeah, you know, and I think what what that what you're kind of talking about that there is is this awareness of universal, the universal awareness. So we kind of become aware of ourselves, and then we move out. And and this, you know, what what's what I love about that story of the client is just this sense of openness, hmm. because at times we're not as human beings, we are not open. Mm-hmm. And at times we don't like to be challenged. And at times it's hard. It's hard to say, you know, the way I have thought, maybe not, there's other ways of thinking and just yeah. to be radically open to that. And, and I, you know, what I hear when I see that is I get a sense of ease and, and openness, which is yeah. really kind of the opposite really to anxiety, you know, it you is. know how often have we talked about, you know, kind of just this anxiousness and this closing down yes. and this protection and survival. And it's really, you know, the, the spiritual quality is the opposite of that. It, it is. is the ability to be open. It is the ability to be less defensive. Mm-hmm. And it is the ability to accept challenge. When I see a leader who has been able to change their view on something in a significant way, yeah. I really have such great respect for that. And mm-hmm. that's when I go, now that's a leader. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For me, I mean, part of my spirituality is very much grounded in where I grew up in, in Ireland and, and Celtic spirituality, which is a very earthy 
spirituality. I love it. And there's, mm -hmm. there's certain unique elements there. But one of the elements that I love is the notion of a thin place. Mm -hmm. And in Ireland, we believe that there are certain physical places where we enter into them and mm -hmm. the veil between here and now, the veil between heaven and earth, however you describe it, the here and the, the beyond is thin. And so the mm -hmm. quality of something that happens there. And, and I love that because there are places that I have been to where time just seems to stop. It takes a different meaning and mm -hmm. it invites me to, first of all, reflect upon myself and become more aware. And then it invites me to connect with the wider universe and mm -hmm. to be more open and receptive and just to see um, how there is so much we don't understand yeah. and so much that is beyond us. And, you know, when I was playing with that term, one of the things that I've often thought, what would it be like for us to be a thin place for each other? Mm. That when we came into a presence of another person, that we were able to, in this craziness of rush of life, that we were able to take the quality of our presence to be totally present to another person, to be mm -hmm. totally open to the mystery of that person, and to recognize that their history is unique, how they view the world is unique, and to be surprised by them. And wow. uh, I often think, you know, for me, that's, I often try, it's a little practice that I try and do because I can get myself into, you know, I know exactly, you know, many times have, have we gone in and, and leadership roles and person comes and I know what this is going to be about. And I know exactly <laughs> what they mean. And we've kind of prejudged everything and yes. just that radical openness yes. to, to another person and, mm. um, and what they might bring in this moment. Yeah, that's really beautiful, Irvin. I hadn't thought about that before in exactly that way, but being a thin place for people where in our presence, they're able to connect not only with us, but with just the broader sense of the universe and what's around yeah. us and what's possible. And, yeah. and like you said, instead of, instead of our interactions largely being either transactional yep. or about managing fear and anxiety and getting stuff done, we can have moments like this, you know, mm -hmm. where there's, there's real meaning in the exchange. Yeah. So Urban, I'm curious then, like for our listeners, you know, again, this is something you have to be intentional about, right? Definitely. We as human beings, we don't tend to, at least most of us, uh, I think without being intentional, we don't tend to lead and live in a very spiritual place. We're too busy getting stuff done, you know? Mm -hmm. So how, what thoughts do you have for how leaders can grow their, the side of themselves? Yeah. So it's a really interesting question. Well, I think, you know, you kicked us off so beautifully earlier in the episode by talking about this new two minute exercise or, or practice. And I think, you know, practice is a great word. So I think, I think first of all, there has to be a commitment. I mean, uh, we have to be committed to feeding the spiritual side to ourselves. You know, I think so often we live in a world which is, and especially in work, which is so biased towards our, our cognitive abilities and, and what we bring. And yet we in past episodes have talked about our emotions. We've talked about our physical bodies um, needing stuff. And now we're talking about our spiritual selves. Mm -hmm. So we have to, first of all, I think, be committed to that. And I think part of that is space. I think the spirit thrives when we give it space and are able to listen. And so much of our present reality 
And that's tough. It's tough to find space. And that just takes commitment. And it's not, you know, a full day away or a five day retreat. It can be as simple as what you were talking about this morning, just two minutes to really, you know, make a commitment to a practice. I know for me, I try and have a little practice before I go into a meeting or something just to give myself a minute just a minute to refocus. And, and I just ask myself some simple questions, you know, what's happening now within myself, within my body and how do I want to show up? And if there's a disconnect, then what do I need to change so that I can show up the way I want to? And just something as simple as that. And it's so simple and yet so difficult to do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But make, can make such a big difference. Totally. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the first thing. And then I think, you know, there's, when we want to grow in spirituality, I think there are some beautiful questions which we can just chew on. And I think it can really help us just kind of explore this world. And and I think, you know, pulling from some of the conversation we've had today, you know, a question might be, am I living in accordance with my purpose? And am I making Mm -hmm. choices based on my values? You know, and sometimes that leads to some very difficult choices because sometimes we're out of sync with our purpose and with our values. And at times it may lead to some difficult conversations and it may lead to some difficult choices. I know I was working with a client um, a few years ago who was in a very intense workplace environment where the expectation was that people would stay late and it was pretty much, you know, your typical doggy dog. And uh, he had a young son who was growing older and and had joined, uh, was now, I think, seven and had joined uh, a soccer league. He had some soccer games at 4.35 o'clock and was conflicted mm-hmm. because felt he couldn't leave. Right. And so the value, of course, of work was, no, you, 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 give, you give your life, you, you, know, you, you work uh, insane hours. This is how you get ahead. And then it was, well, my value is my family, uh, my children. And if I miss time, what will I do here? And so he really wrestled with that until eventually he said, no, the deeper value is my family. Mm -hmm. And so he started leaving work at 4.30. He said, you could have, he said, I think I had nine daggers in my back the first (laughs) time I left. But he said, you know what he said was really interesting. He said, after about a month or two, people came to thank me because they had inspired them, that that his embracing of his values had helped them understand how out of whack some of their values were and gave them courage to act on their own values. That's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one. And then a second question is, am I connected, uh, attached to a particular outcome? Do I feel I need to be in charge? Because I think part of spirituality is, is, and we've just been talking about this in last week's episode, you know, this letting go of realizing that I don't have to control everything. Right. And I think that's important. And then the third question is, you know, how flexible am I? Because if there's one thing we understand about life, it is ever changing. And I think spirituality helps us explore the mystery, the wonder of that, mm-hmm. and knowing that life is constant change, constantly changing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bridget, anything to add to those? I just love those questions. I was sitting in them a little bit for myself, you know, and they're mm-hmm. very powerful. And as you said, they can provoke insights that are difficult, that we have yeah. to wrestle with. Yeah, There's not a human being alive who hasn't at some point in their careers and in their lives fallen out of step with their deeper sense of purpose and values. 
Mm-hmm. And the question is, do we have the courage to face that and then to do something about it? Yeah. And, and when we do, as you pointed out in your example, we can inspire other people to do the same. Yeah. You know, and that's real leadership, right? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Totally. The ability and the courage to do that, the actual courage to live out those values. Yeah. Well, so that's really helpful. I know we always end our podcast with a practice, you know, so you've already suggested some really neat things and our listeners might be going, oh, I'm going to do that, you know, or I'm going to start that. But is there a fitting practice you'd like to sort of leave with folks? So one new thing has come up. I I, um, I was going to suggest, oh, and I will suggest maybe taking a question, a juicy question, and munching on it uh, throughout the week, I think is really powerful. And so those are three questions which I've just brought up. And I think they're great questions. Mm-hmm. So let me just go over them again. Okay. Am I living in accordance with my purpose and making my choices based on my values? Second question is, how attached am I to a particular outcome? Do I feel a need to be in charge of situations and people? And then the third is how flexible am I to the ever-changing nature of life? So chewing those. And then maybe, you know, Bridget just mentioned a wonderful, simple practice in the morning. For her, it's taking two minutes to ground and to set an intention. So maybe you take two minutes. You don't have to do what Bridget does, but maybe just take two minutes for yourself as you ease into the day, or maybe two minutes at night as you ease into sleep and uh, just give yourself some space. Hmm. I love that. Commit yourself to that space. Yeah. Thank you for sharing those questions again. And any one of them, right? Just hitting the pause button to ask any one of those, let alone all three could produce something different in our day. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. Well, Irvin, this has just been, oh, such a grounding conversation for me. Kind of getting ready for it this morning and then having this with you literally shifted something for me and reminded me of the importance of being in this conversation with myself, right? Where do I find meaning? What is my deeper sense of purpose? How uh, much am I living in accordance with my values? How flexible am I and open to other worldviews besides the one that I carry? And can I be a thin place for Mm -hmm. other human beings where when they're in my presence, they are able to connect with something richer and deeper Mm -hmm. within themselves and within the world around them? All really wonderful stuff. It's been great having this conversation with you. To our listeners, if you find this this particular episode helpful, please share it with others. Irvin, you want to remind them if they want to leave us with a question or a comment, how they can do that? Sure, absolutely. Uh, we have an email set up, resilientleadershippodcast at gmail.com. Please feel free to send us your comments. If you have ideas for future episodes, what you're enjoying, what you'd like more of, we're all ears and open to any comments you have. Awesome. And our next episode is going to be about how we can use music to manage our anxiety and build greater resilience. I'm really excited about that and look forward to it. So to our listeners, I hope you have a a great rest of your day. And Irvin, as always, thank you for being in conversation with me. A real pleasure, Bridget. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye now.